The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, so let me know what what for you quintessentially uh, Irish. Maybe it's a housing crisis. We seem to be talking about it enough in this country. We're going to talk about it now. So uh, kind of uh, some people uh, presenting it as as mixed messages um, uh, or or rather kind of mixed news uh, on this front today. So eviction notices increased by about a thousand in the second quarter of the year after the lifting of the eviction. Rent prices though said to have stabilised around the country though there's a bit of a geographical uh, lottery in that regard. Um, Owen O'Brien is with me, Sinn Féin's uh, housing spokesperson. Um, Owen, if we look at, at rents, um, I mean, is the news today proof that rent controls work, rent pressure zones? No, in fact, I, I think it's further evidence that uh, badly designed uh, uh, rent regulation is really problematic. First of all, what the DAFT report tells us is uh, across the state, uh, uh, new rents, that's for new properties and new tenancies, has gone up almost 11% in the last year. In 23 counties, it's gone up by double digits, eight of those by 20% or more. And even in the three counties where it's been below double digits, it's still over 8%. Dublin up 8%, uh, uh, Wicklow up 8% and Cork over 8%. So none of that is good news. Um, the report also highlights that since Dara O'Brien has been minister, rents have gone up 30%. And since Fine Gael have been in office since 2011, rents have gone up a staggering 155%. Uh, and therefore, what we're seeing is is uh, 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 yet again another very significant impact. And it is related to the Residential Tenancies Board data. So they've released data this afternoon to show in the second quarter of the year, so April, May and June, there were 5,700 eviction notices issued by landlords. That's a thousand more than in the three previous quarters. That's mm. driven almost exclusively by landlords selling up. And as those landlords are selling up, uh, some of those people are then being forced into new and much more expensive private rental properties. Uh, so really, it's it's bad news for renters uh, uh, and it's an indication of trouble further down the line because if the number of eviction notices goes up, then uh, obviously if government continues to act in the way it is doing, the likelihood of homelessness continuing mm. to rise is very real right into the autumn and winter. So what is an effective method of rent control? Well, what the government should have done back in 2016 uh, um, is listened to the likes of ourselves and linked rents to an index uh, uh, so that rents could have gone up and down, but gently with the movement of the economy and cost and wages. They didn't do that. Uh, and then they went for this rent pressure zone um, uh, model. And we said at the time it would create a two tier rental market inside and outside of RPZs, but also within the rent pressure zones between existing renters uh, and new renters. Uh, our preference at this point, of course, is because rents have now gone so high, we have to stop rents rising for an emergency period of time. We want to see a three-year ban on rent increases for all renters, existing and new. Uh, after that, we'd like to see it linked to an index so that rent reviews can follow the movement. What, what index? Inflation? Consumer price index? So the, the, the economic prob- GDP? What, what, what? And this is a very important question because mm. uh, the difficulty, of course, with inflation is it includes a whole bunch of costs, many of which aren't actually related to uh, people's ability to pay their rent or indeed the cost for landlords. So at this point, I think the most sensible index would one, one be that looked at uh, wages and probably interest rates and tried to find a, a measure uh, that's fair to both landlords and tenants. But in the immediate term, rents have to stop rising uh, and therefore we need that ban. Uh, but more importantly, we also need government to do two key things. There are a land, lot of landlords who are selling up. They're entitled to sell up. They want to sell for market rent uh, market uh, rates. We want the government's tenant in situ scheme where they buy private rental properties with social or cost rental tenants in situ to buy up much of those, more of those properties 
and we need emergency measures to reduce the number of single people and adults with children in emergency accommodation. So when, when you say interest rates, um, ECB interest rates, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, so for example, if... if, if uh, Would you not have a situation then though where, whereby the ECB are, are, are hiking interest rates to kind of uh, dampen demand and then this creates kind of an inflationary spiral. So you have rents then increasing in the context of people's prices for lots of things increasing. So at the moment, people's rents would be going up as Christine Lagarde increases interest rates. So right now, rents should not go up. And that's why we need the emergency three-year ban on rent increases, full stop. What I'm saying is beyond that... We but at some point in the future, in this we, cycle, we, they would be going up as then, she increases or her predecessors. We or then need to have a conversation about what's a fair way to manage rent reviews in the private rental sector. And therefore, it, it should be linked to renters' ability to pay and therefore it should have some relationship to uh, wages. Landlords will also argue that it should bear some relationship to their costs. I'm not saying you peg it to interest rates at the ECB. That's not my point. But I think there is a way of looking at particularly wages, but also other costs such as interest rates and finding a fair index. What it cannot be, however, is arbitrary in the way that CPI has been in recent years. Mm. So, for example, back in 2016, some people were arguing an index like CPI. At that point, CPI was very low. The government then linked it to CPI just at the point when CPI was hitting 4, 6 and 8%. Uh, so I do think index linking, and the important thing is there's lots and lots of research around the world looking at rent regulation. And generally speaking, rent caps or ban on rent increases are beneficial if they're done right for a short period of time. But the kind of rent regulation that really works over the long term is index linking in a way that's fair. Yeah. Fair to renters and fair for affordability this, reasons uh, and fair obviously to yeah. landlords and their costs. Is the shortcoming though that you, whatever index you settle on, that you're linking it to a, an index that will fluctuate independent of conditions in the housing market. But it, what it should do is it fl- it should fluctuate in a gentle manner in relation to the renter's ability to pay. Okay. So a relationship with wages um, a, 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 and a landlord's costs. But right now we need that ban. What we also do is we need to put money back in renters' pockets, which is why Sinn Féin is still arguing for a proper refundable tax credit to put a full month's rent back into every private renter's pocket. Morris Deverell is the spokesperson for the Irish Property Owners Association. Uh, Morris, I, I'm gonna, I want to ask you very specifically about uh, Owen's suggestion there about three-year three rent freeze and then uh, uh, this index that you could link rents to in the future. But first, just your reaction to, I guess, that the headline figures being quoted today about kind of the, the, the rate of, of, uh, of uh, rental inflation slowing maybe in Dublin, less so outside uh, the capital and eviction notices increasing by a thousand. Uh, thank you very much, Kieran. Uh, yeah, looking at the report, a couple of things struck me. I thought there was some good news in it. I thought unemployment at 3.8% was good. I thought that the weekly earnings of everybody being up 4.3% was very good. And also that um, looking looking at the rents, and no one's correct, it went up 8% in Dublin, but it went up 0.9% in the last six months. It's 8% for the annum. So it has really slowed down in Dublin and the same in Cork. Um, it was 1.4% higher. Uh, the one thing that I, well, not the one thing, there's a lot of things in the report, but one thing that I did notice, which I thought was really pertinent, and that was that between 2017 and 2023, it clearly shows that for renters who stayed in properties, and most renters have, I know I've had very few vacancies, their rent went up on average 2%, and that's since the eviction ban, and that proves that most landlords are law-abiding where we have constantly heard in the media very, very high figures for renting. This obviously shows that in most cases that hasn't happened. 
I was surprised that the ADAPT average rent is listed at 1,792 and the Central Statistics Office claimed that the average rent in Ireland is 1,185 per month. However, we are back to the thing that there aren't enough houses because it says there that there's 173 homes listed in Munster on August the 1st and 173 is way too low mm. because there's an exodus in the land of, of landlords. Do, that discrepancy, is that discrepancy because the CSO are including uh, kind of long-term social housing tenants rent? What, what, no, what do we know not, what the it's reason not is? Including social, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Pierre. Okay, I, Owen, I, I do you, sorry, Owen, do you know the yeah, reason no, for I, that discrepancy? I, I, absolutely. So, what what the daft.ie report records, and in fact, what the Residential Tenancies Board quarterly reports record, is rents for newly registered tenancies. Okay. Whereas what the census will give you a sense of is all renters, those who so people who've been in a, a tenancy for years and years and years. Exactly. Yeah, that's so, not necessarily so, captured by Daft. So no. Therefore, the CSO figure is fairly well correct for the average um, per calendar month. Um, but look, there is a big exodus of landlords leave, leaving the market. We're yeah. getting out. There's a, it's yeah. So all I the guess they're, they're, they're different figures. Then, so, so CSO is reflective of of the average that people are paying. Daft is reflective of kind of maybe the, the situation on the ground today uh, for for new renters, and, and both of those are kind of informative. But then. Uh, Morris, can I ask no, then about Owen's specific? Clearly, that it's not less than normal. Yeah, than can I can I ask then about uh, Owen's specific suggestions then about a three-year rent freeze uh, and then an index um, from yeah. there on in uh, that you well, would the first thing is, link is rent that to? One of the reasons why so many landlords are leaving the market is due to these rent pressure zones, due to the fact that it, that um, rents have not been have been controlled since 2015. We're in a two percent um, rent freeze at present, which actually means one percent that the landlord would net receive of, of, the, of the only of the increase. The idea of putting this for another three years will in, improve um, tenants to a certain extent, but at the same time, it will encourage a lot more landlords to leave the market. You, you have to be confident in the market. You have to be confident that if you're investing in something and you're going to put out half a million or 400,000 into something that A, you're going to get it back when the time comes and B, that you're going to get a reasonable yield for it because otherwise you just put it in the depo- on deposit in the bank and you wouldn't have any of these issues. So the, the three-year rent freeze, it, whilst it will help tenants by a couple of bob, 2% per annum, it will make it a lot more difficult for tenants to find properties. And I see it all the time. Even the last one that I let out, I, the guts of 300 contacts made looking for the flat. It's just too many people. We're not used to this. It's ever since this came in that these numbers have gone sky high of actually tenants looking for flats. And it's not fair to tenants to have such a small amount of so, rental property available in the market. So, so leave the market well enough alone and it will find its equilibrium? The market was fine until they uh, on, until it was messed with. It went up and went down in 2012. It's only 10 years ago. The rents went down. Now the rents have, have gone up as time as time has gone up. But it, it 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 should fluctuate like like the price of everything else. And the three-year rent freeze will help a couple some tenants. But mm. in reality, I don't think it'll help any others. Here's something that's actually quite interesting. I also have property in the UK. And over there, I haven't put up the rent in five years because I don't have rent controls. I, if, if I go to sell it, I can sell it very easily. If, if I want to do anything, it, it all works together. And I'm not under the pressure of having to do rent reviews every year. In Ireland, I'm under pre- I have to do the rent review every year. And it's an awful lot of paperwork for 2%. Okay. But if I don't, it does affect the sell-on value of the property um, because these properties are oversold on yield if, if they're going back okay. to the rent uh, Oh, and so interference has made it worse. More interference will make it worse again. 
No, bad regulation uh, it doesn't work, but good regulation does. And there's plenty of evidence to show that. One of the reasons why we had a conversation about rent regulation, uh, uh, rent control in 2016 is in 2014, 15, 16, we were seeing rent increases of, in some cases, 20%. And we had the rise of family homelessness at that stage. So we needed regulation. Unfortunately, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael made a mess uh, uh, of that. What I would also say is, is that, I mean, if you look at the CSO's uh, most recent reports, they actually show that for all renters, not just new renters, but all renters, Rents increased on average 37% between 2016 and 2022. And what that shows, in fact, is rents weren't rising in the way everything else was. Rents have been rising much, much more dramatically. Mm. And the gap between rents and wages is very, very wide and getting worse. That's why, for example, employers are telling us that they can't get staff and not just private sector employers, but public sector employers as well, schools and and, and uh, uh, health facilities. So the first thing is, is we have to give some relief now. Um, it's not correct to say that a ban on rent increases would, would save uh, uh, renters 2%. If I'm put out of my rental today in Clondalkin as a long-term renter, uh, and let's say a long-term renter is paying 1000 1500 a month, the market price in Clondalkin for a comparable property today is two to 2500 mm. So therefore, those thousands of people who've got eviction notices, 5700 in the last quarter, 4500 before that, etc., they're going to have to move into new rentals. And those new rentals are vastly more expensive than the long-term rentals they might have been in before. That is not a sustainable situation. What I'll also say is this. And it's also, sorry to interrupt there, but it's also not sustainable, Owen, that you are getting such a cheap rent and that, uh, you know, the landlord is paying for it. He cannot afford to do it in the case where you've got um, the rising... Um, can, I, can I just say this? I, I, I have to say, to I have to say the, the idea... The idea that somebody paying €1,500 a month for a standard two-bed is a cheap rent shows the gap between people living in the real world and some landlords' representative organisations. But there's a much more fundamental problem here which we need to deal with. The problem is far too many people who should not and do not want to be in the private rental sector are being constantly funnelled into a sector that doesn't meet Mm. their needs. That's not the fault of landlords, by the way. It's the fault of decades of bad government policy. A a third of renters should be in social housing. They're being subsidised by HAPRAS and rent supplement to a billion euros a year and want to be long-term secure social rental. A large number of renters not eligible for social housing are paying more than 40% of their income on rent and want to be in affordable rental or owner occupation. So the real solution here actually is about tackling the need to deliver a much larger volume of social affordable homes but giving renters some relief in the short to medium term. Are the Irish Property Owners Association one of the landlords groups who are not living in the real world? I think anybody who believves €1,500 a month for a two-bed apartment is a low rent isn't living in the real world of the vast majority of workers and renters out there. Morris, you're not living in the real world. I'm not living, yeah. Look, all rent and all of these things are relative to the actual costs of what it costs to put there. What it costs to borrow the money, what it costs to actually, like, I don't own what your apartment's worth, but if it's worth, let's say, 350000 that has to be raised from somewhere. That interest has to arrive from somewhere. The idea that rents have to be cheap is, and, and have to be limited to a certain level, it, it does not flow with the market because the price of houses goes up and down. Mm. So obviously everything but else... But the price that the landlord initially paid for the property doesn't go up and down. So, oh, you know, what, 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 what Owen's apartment, we're talking about Owen's hypothetical apartment uh, that, that, that he's living in for 300, it's worth 350,000. What the landlord paid for it might have been an awful lot less than that. It might have been, or he might have bought in 2007 and paid a lot more for it. I don't know, but and that's not really material to the thing. But the prices do go up and down, and we, uh, they have to allow for the fact, and, the, and, and we have to allow for the fact that costs 
change for everybody. Look, a, a litre of milk used to be 75 cent, now it's over a, year, a, a euro. That's up 50% in, in a year. Costs change all the time. And costs change for landlords as well. And at present, with a 2% rent rise now for, um, the, since 2015, we've had the rent controls. Uh, from that point of view, it just is not sustainable. And yeah. that's why landlords are leaving. Apart from, and the only way to solve it is to actually bring in tax, decent tax allowances. Either the 25% um, income, make a new band of income of 25% for landlords, but then they... Yeah. It, it, they are paying so much in tax or do something with the capital gains whereby if you keep it for seven okay. years that you've no capital gain liability that would encourage landlords you, to stay we're a bit tight on time but only but you just, just to, to say single property, single property landlords pay exactly the same rate of tax as every other category of worker they also get a 100% mortgage interest relief which will cover about half the cost of the rising interest rates the issue here is uh, 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 there are far too many people who should not be in the private rental sector, who should be in social homes or affordable homes. Let's fix that. And in the meantime, let's give renters a break. We can see from the figures today, rents cannot continue to go up. And if a small portion of landlords are going to continue to leave, let's buy those properties at market value, subject to cost and uh, condition of property, and turn them into social rental or affordable rental. Keeps the tenant in situ and allows the landlord a reasonable exit uh, out of a rental sector if they're not making money. And lots of texts coming in on both sides of the argument. I'll get to them in, in just a couple of minutes. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.